My name is Daniel Baker. I'm 20 years old um, from Stockton, California. Uh, I was a cradle Catholic. Um, wasn't very active, though. My parents uh, didn't, only went to church uh, on Easter and Christmas, pretty much. Um, so uh, at the age of 17, I decided to join uh, in the delayed entry program in the Navy um, since I had to wait a year to actually, uh, actually enlist. During this time, I was uh, preparing myself uh, mentally and physically for the training uh, coming ahead. And almost every weekend, I was like addicted to this movie. It was called uh, Tears of the Sun. It was, it was about Navy SEALs, and it, was, uh, it got me all gung-ho, ready to go. Uh, um, and at the end of the movie, there's a quote by Edmund Burke, written in red, that says, uh, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. And this was sort of my uh, battle cry going into the Navy, thinking that I was going to be uh, part of a saving grace to humanity, uh, doing my part um, as a good person against evil. So I uh, became active duty uh, July 2004. I boot camp up there in uh, Great Lakes, Illinois. Uh, after boot camp, I went to uh, more training down in Florida. My training altogether was about a year and a half long. Uh, I was being trained to be an in-flight technician on a P-3 uh, anti-submarine aircraft. We uh, mostly did surveillance and uh, obviously uh, hunting submarines and tracking them. Um, going back to the torture issue uh, that Josh was talking about, um, and I say this humbly because uh, I went through some training in the military uh, in case you get shot down. And they, uh, you evade for a week, uh, and then they eventually capture you. You, you have to be captured. And uh, you strip down naked in the snow. They, uh, they slap you around a little bit. You go in a, a cell for uh, overnight. And they put you in a little box. And they uh, bang on it twice for your name, bang on it three times for your social security number. Uh, then when that's finally over, they take you into a room and interrogate you and uh, try to trick you into signing papers and throw you against the wall. And although it's nothing like what the, the real prisoners of world, uh, war encounter, uh, I gotta say, those guys were excellent actors, and it uh, definitely felt real. And uh, there was no, I've never had any uh, worse experience than that, any more dehumanizing experience, and I wouldn't wish it on anyone, no matter what they had done. Um, and it's, it's kind of funny because a lot, you know, all the guys that I worked with on the plane uh, had to go through that same training, and when the issue, that issue came up to people, talking about the, the laws that are passed uh, for, uh, for torture, some people would remain silent uh, through their humble experiences there. That was enough to, that was enough to show them that, 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 that this was wrong. Um, even people who supported the war, many people thought it was wrong. But moving on, uh, towards the end of my training, uh, I got my dream assignment in Hawaii. Uh, was there for about a month on Oahu. Uh, then we left for uh, Qatar, which is uh, right next to Saudi Arabia on the Gulf. Across the, across the water from uh, Iran. Out of there, we uh, did missions down to uh, uh, Somalia. We tracked uh, submarines in the Gulf, um, Iranian submarines. 
we flew overland Iraq surveillance. And uh, although I never was on the ground in combat, the, the closest thing I ever got to any sort of uh, uh, encounter with the enemy was uh, we, we were flying about 300 feet over the water tracking an uh, Iranian submarine. And uh, that, that was an interesting experience because we were uh, dropping sauna buoys around them, trying to track them. We, weren't, we, weren't, uh, we didn't have any weapons on board. Uh, however, there was this uh, Iranian voice on the radio, as, as they normally do, they say, uh, something along the lines of coalition aircraft, maintain five uh, nautical miles or else, uh, you know, we will fire upon you. They never acted upon that, obviously, that's going to start a war, but, uh, and they're not too uh, willing to do that, as we aren't either, but uh, the, the voice on the other end was very, very nervous uh, the more times we flew over, and uh, I remember the pilots up front kind of having a cowboy attitude about it, saying, let's go again, let's go again. Uh, you know, call headquarters, let's see if we could get after these guys. Um, and hearing that voice on the radio really, uh, really rattled me. Um, in regards to the uh, CO process, uh, I started thinking about it during my uh, training in Florida. Um, not so much conscientious objection, but whether or not I was really doing something good for humanity, if I was really making a difference. Um, and I, I, was, I was really depressed. I, I, was, I was thinking maybe I'll just finish up my enlistment, become a firefighter, do something you know, that's actually going to help people. Because um, even though I was in training, I saw this was going nowhere. Um, I mean, wh whether the war was just or not, I just didn't see my job in particular, or any jobs around me that I was seeing it making any sense. Uh, there's so much good work to be done, and none of us were doing it. It was wasted manpower, wasted money. Um, and so I was looking for meaning to my life, uh, and I just went to the philosophy section of the local bookstore looking for meaning in my life. So <laughs> I figured that was the first place to go. So uh, I, uh, I stumbled upon a, a Buddhist monk, uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, um, which was very fortunate that that was the first book I, I picked up. And uh, the whole new idea about nonviolence, a uh, whole different way of thinking about compassion and mindfulness and uh, interdependence, interbeing with other people and uh, putting a human face on uh, everyone and uh, seeing God in everything uh, was really revolutionary to my, uh, my way of thinking. So I, I, I went crazy buying his books. Uh, I, I, I couldn't get enough of it. I, I kept buying his stuff, and then uh, this really gave me a lot of things to think about. So once I was in Hawaii getting ready for deployment, uh, it was about the time in my career where I was planning on either becoming a pilot, going the officer route, or becoming a SEAL, because I was tired of my job and I knew I wasn't making a difference. <laughs> and that's when I really knew I had a struggle with the war issue, because I would be directly uh, firing on the enemy. And so I began my struggle. Um, my godfather, who's a Christian brother, uh, he sent me some books, the Catechism, and a book on St. Francis. And I read those. Uh, I read the church's teachings on war. And uh, I was still a little unsure. So uh, I went to deployment, uh, flew around for about a month. After that month, I, uh, I was pretty sure 
I got on the plane one day and I told uh, one of the guys on my crew, I think I'm a conscientious objector. And I, was, uh, I started to cry because I had worked so long and hard to get those wings and to fly, and I loved flying. And uh, I, was, I felt like I was thrown away the last two years of my life with that training and the, you know, the, all those experiences I had to go through. So it was tough. And, uh, and so they took me off flying. Uh, I thought maybe I'd be a, a chaplain's assistant. I, know, I didn't at the time know about conscience objection as an option. Uh, so I asked my commanding officer if this is possible. He said, uh, you think about it for a week and then come back to me. I came back to him, and uh, that wasn't a possibility because they were overmanned. So I pretty much had to keep doing my job. And so after they uh, uh, kind of reviewed me, uh, you know, put me in front of uh, the commanding officer, the executive officer, and a couple other people to make sure I was stable to start flying again, they put me back up. And uh, I continued to read, got into Martin Luther King, uh, Gandhi, and uh, more Thich Nhat Hanh. And uh, it was while reading uh, uh, pieces in every step, he uh, directly deals with the military in there. And uh, at that point, I knew that I couldn't go any farther, that I had, that I was, that that was the crystallization for me uh, on my beliefs. Um, and I knew I wanted to go fully along with it. So I started researching myself on the internet. Uh, along the websites, I found a CPF's website which was a great deal of help, uh, and uh, many other websites that helped me uh, even find out this uh, option existed, because no one knew about it on base, neither did the chaplains. Because uh, I talked to one chaplain, and he just discussed with me the just war theory. Uh, um, so anyways, I, I go along this route. I, uh, I told the commanding officer, and he gave me a week to write my... Uh, my uh, application for uh, CO status. So during this week, I'm frantically riding in between my 12-hour uh, my shifts try, trying to get this done. Um, and I, I wanted to call the, the GI rights hotline, but it was kind of difficult because not only was it hard to get to a phone, uh, but they had one room where you could use phones. And uh, it was always crowded with people trying to get their, you know, uh, you know one call a weekend to their family. And uh, Every time I sat down there, I, I, you know, there's a officer on the right of me, you know, someone in my command on the left of me, and I, you know, it was very hard to do to, to do that option. So I went about it pretty much uh, alone, except for the help of uh, of the websites, which were a great deal of help. Um, so I prepared it, submitted it. It took about seven months, and uh, while. Well, back in Hawaii, I found out um, on January 12th that I'd be discharged February 12th, which uh, happened. I got an honorable discharge, and uh, fortunately, it, uh, it worked out for me. And uh, this whole, this whole uh, experience really converted me from Catholicism to uh, Catholicism. <laughs> because... I, I really saw meaning behind everything. Uh, re reading Thich Nhat Hanh, reading all this, it's, it's, it's ironic that a Buddhist opened my eyes to Christianity, and none of the Christians I knew did. Um, well, and Gandhi, so. Uh, Martin Luther King, uh, Mother Teresa were my main guiding lights to, uh, to seek nonviolence in that uh, arena. 
and that really became a... I found uh, Christianity and uh, Jesus, the real difference between sort of standing up and what you believe and uh, uh, willing to risk everything. That made the difference, is, uh, are those teachings to me. And uh, so I'm very thankful that uh, my eyes were opened to, uh, to what I feel is the truth, to uh, what I feel God is, was trying to tell me. And um, I'd like to say that there are many great people in the military, uh, many great friends that I had and still have. And um, I just really hope that their eyes are open as, uh, as mine were. A lot of them have good hearts. Uh, many of them sympathize with many of my ideas. I had a guy who, uh, a warrant officer, I was driving him around one day, something like 30 years in the military. He was almost uh, at, at his end. And he was talking to me, nice guy, sympathized with me, said, yeah, I don't, I don't think we should be here either. Um, of course, he wasn't going to do anything about it. His retirement was on the line. Um, and that's what's sad. Many people, uh, in regards to the selective conscientious objection, many people over there uh, really go, not just for the college money, but to uh, make a difference. They love their families. They love the country. Um, and they, they, they really think that they're uh, doing the right thing. And someone asked me in one of the classes uh, uh, yesterday or the day before, do you think that there's vocations for this kind of thing? Do you think God provides people vocations for the military? And I think that, uh, that God does, but not for the institutions that we have, uh, not for this military. I think that there are vocations to defend people, to defend those who cannot defend themselves. Um, However, um, I think the goal is to create those uh, organizations like this one, those institutions uh, where those people can serve honorably uh, for humanity uh, with their skills, their gifts that God gave them, um, and really make a difference without having to resort to violence. So uh, I appreciate being invited here, and uh, your support really means everything to me. So thank you. Thank you.